From San Francisco, California, I'm Frank Ling, and you're listening to the Rock Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the way they affect our daily lives. Coming up on today's show, Graham Hancock joins us to talk about his new book, America Before, The Key to Earth's Lost Civilization, here on the Rock Science Show. program. Well, conventional archaeology suggests that the first humans came to America about 13,000 years ago when Asiatic civilization crossed um, the Siberian Peninsula into Alaska and into the continent. But recent findings suggest that they may have come much earlier. Well, joining us today with this fascinating theory is our distinguished guest, Graham Hancock will be telling us a little bit about his theory and his new book, uh, America Before, The Key to Earth's Lost Civilizations. Mr. Hancock, thank you so much for joining us here today. I've been writing books for more than 25 years on the possibility of a forgotten episode in human history, Atlantis by any other name. Uh, and I have explored the world on this quest, and I've written a number of best selling books, of which the best known is Fingerprints of the Gods that was published in 1995. But gradually, the research and the investigation has taken me in the direction of America. And the reason I've written a book about America, and when I say America, I'm including both North and South and Central America, although a very large part of the book is focused on North America. Uh, the reason I've written this book is just a massive amount of new scientific evidence that is completely changing our picture and our understanding uh, of the past of the Americas. And uh, as you said in the intro, I, I, the, the, the bottom line is that archaeologists have been teaching us for more than half a century, this has been the, the mainstream view, is that the Americas were amongst the last places on Earth to be inhabited by human beings just 13,000 years ago or so. But evidence that's come out in the last five years has kept on pushing that horizon back, pushing it back to 25,000 years ago, then to 50,000 years ago, and now the most recent finds near San Diego, uh, published in the prestigious scientific journal Nature, uh, document a human presence in the Americas 130,000 years ago. That's 10 times as long as we've previously been taught. And the archaeologists now all accept it. That the, 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 the doctrine that they talked, it was called the Clovis First Theory, that the, the culture that archaeologists call the Clovis culture are supposed to have come across that land bridge from Siberia to Alaska 13,000 years ago, and they're supposed to have been the first Americans. But now archaeologists know that that teaching is wrong, and that effectively they've been misleading us, not deliberately, but by accident, uh, for about half a century uh, of teaching in our schools and universities. The implication of humans in the Americas 130,000 years ago is huge. It's enormous. It gives time for the development of a high civilization 
in the Americas. It's for this reason that uh, scholars have always argued that the origins of civilization were in the old world, specifically in Mesopotamia, the, the, the Fertile Crescent, because humans had been in Europe and in Asia and in the Middle East for tens of thousands of years, whereas supposedly they'd only been in America for 13,000 years. The new evidence overturns that completely. It puts human beings in America before they were in Europe and the Middle East, and it allows us to contemplate the two archaeologists' shocking possibility that the origins of civilization may in fact be in the new world, not in the old world at all. In your book, uh, you cite DNA as well as archaeological evidence. Uh, could you name a couple examples of them? Well, yes. Uh, there's a particularly interesting mystery. And then, having entered Alaska, they supposedly migrated down through North America and Central America and finally into South America. The problem with this, what ancient DNA has revealed, is that in the heart of the Amazon jungle in South America, there are certain tribes that are closely genetically related to Australian Aborigines and uh, the peoples of Papua New Guinea, let's call them Australasians. This Australasian DNA signal is in the Amazon jungle, but it isn't anywhere else in the Americas. It's not in North America, it's not in Central America, it's only in the Amazon jungle. And if the migration overland were true, then we would expect to find that DNA signal distributed throughout the Americas don't accept that human beings were capable of grand oceanic crossings in the Ice Age. By all means, our ancestors were capable of crossing oceans 3,000 years ago, but to suggest that they could take a large, reproductively viable population and transport them from Australasia to the Amazon 13,000 years ago is absolute heresy from the archaeological point of view, and yet the evidence is there, and that DNA signal has to be explained, and it's one of the mysteries that I go into in this book. In fact, the Amazon rainforest is just an astonishing mystery uh, in itself. Uh, we're beginning to realize that we've radically misunderstood it. Huge earthworks are emerging from the Amazon jungle, where the jungle is being tragically cleared to, to create farmland and cattle ranches, giant earthworks, very similar to the earthworks in the Mississippi Valley in North America with precise geometry and astronomy, again speaking to a much higher level of civilization than previously we've been taught. That's really fascinating. So I apologize if I'm ignorant about your work, but what does it say about the other civilizations we know about, um, for example, the Europeans or the Africans or the Asians? Uh, well, what it, what it says, and again, I, I document this in great detail in America before, there are eerie and astonishing cultural similarities uh, between, for example, ancient Egypt and the ancient civilizations of the Mississippi Valley in North America. And these similarities are extremely detailed. Both in ancient Egypt and in the Mississippi Valley, it was believed that on death, the soul leaves the body, rises up to the constellation of Orion, which is envisaged as a kind of portal in the sky, passes through the constellation to the banks of the Milky Way, and then makes a, an arduous journey along the Milky Way, where the soul is tested and tried for everything that it has done uh, during this life. 
the exact same constellations, Orion, the Milky Way, the notion of the soul rising up to the sky and making a journey along the Milky Way are found in ancient Egypt and in the Mississippi Valley. And I don't have time to go into it here. It's all in the book, but the details are... Uh, there's too much detail for it to be a coincidence. There is a definite connection between these two cultures. And yet that connection is not because ancient Egypt, Egyptians sent a kind of missionary expedition to the Mississippi Valley, uh, or uh, for that matter, uh, that, that, that there was a missionary expedition from the Mississippi Valley to ancient Egypt. The nature of the connection is better explained that both ancient Egypt and the civilizations of the Mississippi Valley shared a common legacy, that they had a remote ancestor that was shared by both of them. So just as people in different parts of the world can discover through DNA testing that they are related, even though they don't know each other, uh, because they have a common ancestor, so also I'm suggesting with Egypt and the Mississippi Valley, the relationship is clear, it's there, it's mysterious, and the best explanation is that both ancient Egypt and the Mississippi Valley shared a common legacy from a much earlier civilization. So what, what happened to these civilizations? Did they get there was a There was a gigantic global cataclysm between 12,800 and 11,600 years ago. It was a sustained cataclysm. It lasted for more than a thousand years. It saw massive rises in sea level. It saw cataclysmic floods across North America as the North American ice cap melted down. Anybody who goes to the channeled scablands in the Pacific Northwest in Washington State can see evidence of this. This was the time when all the megafauna went extinct, the mammoths, the mastodons, the woolly rhinos, the giant sloths, the saber-toothed tigers. They all vanished from the earth at that time. There was huge disruption of human populations. And I argue not just populations of hunter-gatherers, but also a much more advanced civilization was devastated in this cataclysm, leaving only a few survivors who settled amongst hunter-gatherer populations and attempted to pass on something of their knowledge and their beliefs to them. And this isn't such a strange idea, because in the world we live in today, we have an advanced civilization, the technological Western industrial civilization, but we also coexist with hunter-gatherers. Uh, in the Amazon rainforest, for example, or in the Namibian desert. And if we confronted a cataclysm on the scale of the cataclysm that unfolded in the world between 12,800 and 11,600 years ago, I don't think our advanced civilization would make it through. We'd fall apart. Uh, but those who would make it through would be the hunter-gatherers because they are masters of survival. And they would survive this, and it would be their descendants who would carry the human story forward. There seems to be a lot of interesting... You know, takeaway messages we we can infer from from this narrative. So, you know, as you suggested, if we were to face a similar cataclysm, you don't think uh, civilization as we see it now would survive? Um, our our civilization is very fragile. Very few of us know how to survive. Very few of us in the rich, industrialized Western countries have any concept of survival at all. We we haven't the faintest clue. We depend on a complicated, interrelated network of skills of specialists in different fields. That's what keeps our society and our civilization going. But you break that down. You, you, the reason for the cataclysm 12,800 years ago was that a very large comet entered the inner solar system, broke up into multiple fragments, and several of those fragments bombarded the North American ice cap, creating a dramatic 
climate change. Geologists have been aware of this for a very long time. They call this episode the Younger Dryas, and it's exactly bounded between 12,800 and 11,600 years ago. But it's only recently that a full and detailed explanation for the radical climate change of the Younger Dryas, for the sea level rise, for the floods, for the animal extinctions. It's only recently that we have a coherent explanation for that, and that is called the Younger Dryas Impact Hypothesis. It's the work of more than 60 major scientists in the field of astronomy and geophysics and astrophysics, and it's their evidence which suggests that what we today call the torrid meteor stream, which we still pass through twice a year, is the debris field of a disintegrated giant comet. And between 12,800 and 11,600 years ago, fragments of that comet bombarded the Earth and made us a species with amnesia, wiped out our memory uh, of our past. So, I, you know, I look forward to uh, reading your book in more detail. Uh, I'm just curious, how, how did you become interested in this field? And how long have you been researching this? You know, I started my life as a writer, as a journalist. I reported for major British newspapers. I reported the war between Somalia and Ethiopia back in 1977 for the London Sunday Times. I was the East Africa correspondent of The Economist based in Nairobi in Kenya. And on a routine visit to Ethiopia, I came across a historical mystery. The Ethiopians claimed to possess the lost ark of the which is claimed, but as I began to dig into it, it began to make sense. And I ended up writing my first book of historical mystery called The Sign and the Seal, A Quest for the Lost Ark of the Covenant, that was published in 1992. And that's what opened the door for me to the mysteries of the past. And that's what led directly to my next and best-known book, which was Fingerprints of the Gods, published in 1995, where I first made the case for a lost civilization of prehistory. So I was drawn into this almost by chance. I left the world of current affairs and became fascinated by the world of our remote past and the secrets and mysteries that are hidden there. And I've made it my business for the last 25 years to investigate those secrets and mysteries. And America before is the latest step in that journey. Uh, Mr. Hancock, uh, it's been a really fascinating discussion. Uh, I guess we're running a little bit out of time, uh, but before we go, uh, are there any last words you'd like to um, um, talk about yourself or uh, your ongoing research? Well, no, I, I, I would just like to suggest to your listeners that if they'd like a bit more background on the book, which is called America Before, The Key to Earth's Lost Civilization, there's masses of information on it on my website, which is Graham hancock.com g-r-a-h-a-m-h-a-n-c-o-c-k dot com uh, the book was published in April uh, and in May uh, it was a top 10 non-fiction bestseller uh, in the New York Times uh, so the book is out there. Uh, it's received quite a lot of coverage. It's controversial. Some people don't like it. But those who have an appetite for a different take on the past uh, appear to find it useful. Great. Uh, Mr. Hancock, thank you so much for your time today. That's my pleasure. Good to talk to you. And we were just talking to Mr. Graham Hancock, author of the new book, America Before, The Key to Earth's Lost Civilization. 
You can find his book online at www.grahamhancock.com and on Amazon. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in again next week for more from the world of science, technology, and the way they affect our daily lives. In the meantime, you can check us out on the web at www.grox.net, on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at science at grox.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. Stay tuned here for more music. Thank you.